You know that feeling you get right before you do something dangerous, high energy, like jumping out of an airplane, that fight or flight that kicks in inside of you? Yeah, this is nothing like that. Instead, this is episode 37 of A Gentleman's Chat. Ian, how are you doing? I think I'm doing pretty well. That opening got me pretty pumped. <laughs> You're ready to jump out ready. of an airplane? I was ready to think. No, no. No? No. My would life you jump out of dangerous. an airplane? Yeah, of course I would. Why not? Would you? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought you'd have a little more thought put into it. No. No, usually people say that like, if you're going to do like some high adventure thing, would you do that? I would raise them this though. Would you go rock climbing with no safety gear? Yes. Depending on the wall or depending on the grade. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I don't think I would. And I'm not talking like a rock wall in a gym. I mean yeah. like what I look up at a cliff and think I could do that. I don't think I'd have it in me. I, I've always been... If I'm not going to live, if I'm going to let safety concerns constrain me over just living life, eh. That's a big alpha move right there. You, just, <laughs> you, you have decided in your mind that little that little voice in the back of your head that says, probably shouldn't do that. You've just shut him up. Exactly. said, no, go back to sleep, Timmy. Well, that's probably not so much as an alpha move as I can't really tell. I have a bad time drawing distinct lines on a lot of things safety included mm. and a lot of times that little voice in the back of your head for safety concerns it's and this is i've noticed not just for me a lot of people it's either all or nothing right where if i choose to be afraid like i don't want to jump out of an airplane or i don't want to risk a climbing um fall then there's a lot of things i would be too scared to do like, every flu season, I'd stay indoors because I don't want to get the flu. That's a fair point. Things like that. I would never drive because I have a high higher chance of dying driving than I do jumping out of an airplane. People just don't realize it. Right. So that's it why... It seems more dangerous. Exactly. So that's why I wouldn't do anything that is directly either dangerous or dumb that will get me killed. But if it's most likely not going to hurt me... Most things are most likely not going to hurt me, but still have a chance, so might as right. well indulge. Now, this is along my, my thought process. I wouldn't be jazzed about doing some of those things, but what I do know for a fact is that if someone's job is to jump me out of an airplane, right? Like, that's the company. Yeah, what that's they do what is they do. They take me up an airplane and drop and drop me out of it with a parachute. There's a, and it, there's, a, there's a good likelihood that they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and if people died all the time doing it, they wouldn't be in business. Not in the slightest. I think about that all the time because people that are scared to go on, like, amusement park rides, you know, it's going to kill me. No, it's not. <laughs> Dude, if everyone that got on the Superman died, I don't think the Superman would be there. That's correct. You know, it's just... And what's the other side of that is that it gets, everything gets a little boring in life once you realize that. Yeah. You're like, if I'm going to live, I don't really care. Yeah, but then people put arbitrary restraints on random things because they get really scared of it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this one thing, if I'm out in the sun too long, I'm definitely going to get cancer and die. It's like, you're, that's possible, but being inside all day has equal chances of killing you in a multitude of different ways. Right, right. So you're not really helping yourself. Yeah, you're dying either way. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you do here, you end up dead. Yeah, I feel like people don't grasp that fully, especially in today's age, because science keeps advancing and everybody's, we've come to a culture that I feel like deep down they don't realize it, but they think that this is the time where science is going to advance and they're going to live forever. Right. They don't realize that you're going to die. There is nothing we can do about it, no matter what. Yeah, all we are are just bags of meat walking around the world that are going to give up one day. And here, I... I... <laughs> I think that... What a glorious way to say that. <laughs> I think what is more true, though, is that those people that don't take that head on... I'm not saying you need to, like... Embrace you know, you your need idea to, of Yeah, death. you don't need yeah. to embrace that you're going to die or become at peace with it, you know, in your mid-30s or whatever that is for you. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that people that are so scared of death are only hurting themselves. Because, first of all, you're not doing those things like you know if you drove to a place far from here and did a cool thing if you're too scared to drive because you're going to die that's never going to happen but also you're hurting you know, you're just hurting the gloriousness that is life 
right? If you're just a meat bag walking around that's going to bite it one day, you might as well enjoy it while you're here. Because those people that deny like, oh, no, I'm not going to die one day. Well, you're just lying to yourself. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I look at it a lot. In a, I'm sorry, in a very similar light as to animals. Like, if you have a pet, the odds are you're going to outlive that pet. No matter what the pet is, as long as it's not Almost, like a turtle. Yeah, you know, or, like or an a, elephant. Yeah, or a, you know, a llama or something that lives for 50 years. You're more than likely going to outlive that animal. Meaning that every day you look at it is is one day closer to it being dead. Yep. Right? So I'm not saying you need to dwell on that point, but if you if you just go put in the back of the no, they're never gonna die. They're gonna live forever. That's yeah. only gonna hurt you when they finally do bite it. Yeah, my significant other has that problem with pets. Uh, we have quite a few pets, and whenever I bring it up, I'm like, "Well, this one's getting kind of old." She's like, "No, th- no, they're not. No, they're I'm not." Like, what do you mean, no, they're not? <laughs> I think I don't control age. <laughs> I think this is a women thing because of the women we know, my significant others and yours, 100% of them think the same way. <laughs> so I think this contributes to all women ever in any place. Yeah, it seems reasonable. She's the same way. One of the horses got hurt the other day. She, uh, the horse basically just tripped over a pole in the arena and was limping. And it was like, a well, you know, that's kind of stale. Tripped and hurt yourself. But... If, but after you call the vet or you're like do a little Googling, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. And it turned in from like this horse had like done the, the human equivalent of rolling their ankle Yeah. to, uh, well, clearly this horse is going to die. Like it's over for this horse. It's all, it's game over. The WebMD effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it escalated. And I was like, well, first of all, she just rolled her leg. Like it's going to be completely okay. This, there's, this is not a problem. But it was like. Well, what if she isn't? What if she's gonna die? I was like, well, first of all, she's gonna die anyways. Don't say that she's not gonna <laughs> die. Like, yeah, this exactly. This horse is going on thirty. What? It's got three years, maybe, <laughs> before we walk out there to feed it one day, and it's cashed all the chips. Yep. You know, like that's. No one wants to think about it, but it's the fact of life. Yeah, I feel like denying facts of life is not healthy in any regard either. Like, it's not doing yourself any favors. Right, because when the day actually comes, you're so unprepared. Just like when a family member dies, you know? Yeah. I don't want to think about it, but I also need to understand that it's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I need to I need to be able to stand on a foundation for myself where I can work through that. Because if someone died and I'm not ready for it, or I'm not like mentally not capable of it because I've pushed it out of my life forever. That's only going to hurt me. And that loss that would have really stung before could put me out of it. Yeah. You know, so there's there's a give and take that has to happen there. I was talking to a few people actually before we chatted here. They were discussing about how the world is such a disposable society. Disposable? Yeah. Is that the word they used? Yes. Like, we it's can just a, get rid of our society? No, no, no. That people are disposable in our society. You know, oh, like, oh okay. like, there's no one particular person that would die. The new phone comes out. Get rid of the old thing. The washer okay. and dryer don't last 30 years anymore. You know, d- dating apps like Tinder, Bumble, you meet a gal, hook up with them, and dump them. You know, like, that's this disposable world where everything is temporary. I would have thought that that would have prepared people more for getting rid of things in life. Because every year you get rid of something, right? You don't keep anything anymore. Relationships are yeah. lasting shorter. Marriages don't last as long as they used to. People should just be used to things going horribly wrong now. But Fair they're enough. not. They're just not. Yeah. I never really thought that through. People should be better at loss because it happens more frequently. But I don't think we've ever dealt with the negative effects of it. That's the problem. You lose a significant other, you lose a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever, on Tinder, it's because you replace them with someone else. True. You lose your phone, it's because you replace it with a better phone. Yeah. Where if you live that mindset, you're not really losing anything. You're You're just replacing it with something better. Exactly. Okay. But there's things in life like your father, that doesn't work. Yeah. father dies, you don't just get (laughs) a new, better father. (laughs) So there's, there's pillars in your life that once they fall, you can't uh, resurrect them. You can't right. recreate them. Right. 
Yeah, that's tough stuff. Man, we're giving out good advice just off the rip of this show. <laughs> Speaking of giving advice, Ian, I have got um, our monthly newspaper. Yeah. And it has got a tale to tell, my friend. That sheet of printer paper has gone a long way for our audio. You have no idea. Man, I gotta tell you, I never knew that I would get so much enjoyment out of stealing the newspaper just to get the uh, timeout section out of it. You didn't steal that, that did you? Why, well, sure as hell didn't pay for it. Oof. <laughs> was it at least given? Yes, it was. Okay, thank God. Yeah, yeah. They're... I had a little heart attack. Yeah, because we it's... just admitted to a minor <laughs> misdemeanor on show. I don't think I'd ever be able to sleep again. Dude, I walked up to the nearest you know gas station, saw it outside, and thought I'll have one of those. No, no, this was a, this was a given one. Okay. Because you know that's the fun thing with newspapers. After like three or four days, people no just give cares. them away. Yeah. Yeah, it's four dollars brand new on the day. But if you want yesterday's news, that shit's free. Yeah. No, I don't care. <laughs> no one's gonna buy it. It's not like it matters. It's crazy. So here is the advice we needed to give out. The story is named "Communication Is Needed." ASAP. Written from a tired of waiting is what it was signed. So here we go, boys and girls. Dear therapist person. My boyfriend is 48, and I am 39. For those that were concerned that was going to be a bigger age gap, don't worry. And we have been together since May 2015. I have two children, a 12-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl. They love him dearly. He has one child, a 14-year-old girl who barely communicates with my children and me. So clearly a good family dynamic so far. When we met, he was six months out of a two-year relationship, and I was eight months out of a 12-year marriage. We met on a dating site. Neither one of us was looking for a relationship at the time. That doesn't make any sense. We are similar and yet opposite at the same time. Yeah, the yin and yang. Come on, oh, Billy. No. Okay. They're both right-handed, but one of them's left-handed. <laughs> it, it's really quite simple. Okay, I see. <laughs> it gets better, though, because his daughter's mom and I have had an altercation. The cause of the disagreement was that she wanted to ruin our relationship, and he did nothing about it. My concern is that we are not talking about marriage or even engagement. I have brought this to his attention because I want to know what's next. Each time I bring it up, I feel as though he blows me off and does not want to talk about it. He always says, quote-unquote, when I marry someone, I want to make sure they're the one. <laughs> End quote. I don't think I should wait on him to make up his mind and decide our future, and it's been five years. I feel like I'm wasting my time in living a lie. The lie is that he'll probably never marry me, and eventually I'll move on. I've asked him to see a therapist with me over and over, but that hasn't happened yet. Sincerely, tired of waiting. Yeah, that doesn't sound like you're living a lie. That sounds like you're living the truth, actually. He's probably not going to marry you because you're not the one. Right. Could you just get a load of this little, this, this stretch oh. of sentences here? We met on a dating site. Neither one of us were looking for a relationship at the time. Yeah, that is mind-numbing. What, what are you doing? Well, the dating site was Tinder, and it's not a dating site. I feel like it's... Pretty reasonable to understand what Tinder is. In 2015? Was Tinder around then? I have no idea. I've never used Tinder. I feel like they had... They I'm had only a, a grinder man. They, oh, I, see, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They have to meet in a... What they... They they went on christianmingle.com. Paid their 49 bucks a year or whatever it is. Yeah, and they probably did. not. I feel like I've heard nothing about the success of Christian Mingle. Because if... From my personal experience, at least in our area, if you are... A Christian that's overtly looking for another Christian. Oh, we have a lot of churches in yeah, the Midwest. Pretty easy find. Yeah, so much easier to find one in your congregation than it is to find a random one who lives in the hills of Tennessee you've never met before. Yeah, I bet you the hookups there, not the like the the relationship building there, has got to be a better percentage than Tinder, right? Oh, easily. It's a congregation of folks. Well, probably less so. If you're going for Tinder's net results, oh. like it depends what results you're going for. Good point. Good Lasting point. relationships, yes, because a Christian looking for another Christian at least has core values that align, which is pretty 
useful in a relationship. Pretty major. Pretty yeah. major. But the best part is that they, they met on this dating site, but they weren't looking to date anybody. But it's best because they are both similar and opposite at the same time, these two folks. That's poorly worded. What I'm does sure that even mean? I am positive it means that they are similar in some aspects and different in others, which is everybody who has ever lived. Right. So the conflation is I don't think either of these people understand what a relationship is. One's looking for the one or is just saying that because he doesn't want to get married and lose 50% of everything he owns. <laughs> One or the other. We may never know. We may never know. And she's looking for marriage and only marriage. And it doesn't really matter who it's with. Because if they're similar, it's fine with her. If they're opposite, it's fine with her. That's a good point. I she's been with them that. five years. It's fine with her. That's a long time. Yeah. So what you're doing, um, what's the what's it titled? Communication is needed. No, no, no. The author. Oh, sorry. Tired of waiting. Tired of waiting. Miss Tired of Waiting. Um, If what you're looking for is marriage, don't stay with someone who's not going to marry you. I I hate to bring it up to you. That's not on him. He's made it very clear by this point that he does not... uh, He does not have any intention of marrying you. And if he doesn't have any intention of marrying you, and what you're looking for is marriage... You're, it's kind of on you. You're in the wrong place. I'm shocked, though, because if you read the beginning of this, he is six months out of a two-year relationship, and she's eight months out of a 12-year marriage. When they met, yeah. I would have thought that the roles would have been reversed, that she would have been the one not wanting to jump right back into marriage. Because, for example, we live in the state of Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. United States. If I wanted to get remarried... After I get divorced, legally, I have to wait at least six months. Yep. So she's only eight months out of a 12-year relationship at the point of them meeting. So this was five years and eight months ago. Yeah, and she's ready to get back into it. And she's ready to get back. I would have thought the roles would have been reversed, especially because the ages. She's 39, so that means she got married when she was 20-something, early 20s. 22? Uh, Depending how the eight-month and 12-year gap. Right, right. Early 20s. Yeah. And then her boyfriend is 48, coming yep. out of a two-year relationship. So that means he was, you know... 46 and then 40, 12. So No, two. Ooh, just 34. two. No, just two years, not 12 years. He's the guy that's oh, out of a two-year oh, relationship. Right, that's right, that's right. He was he's in his 40s when this started and yeah. ended. Yeah. I'm just so shocked because normally I, there's a bell curve, right, about when people get married. Yep. When you're super-duper young... And you're reckless. People get married really young. Or if you have nothing. Right. And then they then there's this, a point of where people wait a long time. They date for a good long while in their 20s. But then once you get into your 30s and 40s, it goes the other way where you start getting engaged and married pretty quickly yeah. again because you're older. Yeah. You know? It's like uh, it has to be done. Right. Right. So it's I, I would have thought the roles would have been reversed. At any rate, though, if the guy says to you, I'm just waiting for the one. And you're not in that conversation, you shouldn't be staying there. If he looks you dead in the eyes and says, Honey, I'm just looking for the one. And doesn't follow it up with, It could be you. Or, I like you. Or, (laughs) How about we get married? Or like anything else, that's probably a very good sign that he's looking to take his kid and go somewhere else. Yeah. Or, he's just after the perfect woman, which doesn't exist. Which, either way, he's made it very clear, he's not going to marry you. Don't. Don't stay with him if that's what you're looking for. And it all circles back to, this is kind of your fault. Yeah, and it's worse yet if you browbeat him into marrying you. Because then you're really screwed. Think about it. You <laughs> you browbeat this guy into getting married to you. And three years later, the marriage falls apart. Now you've got divorce to deal with. And you have those kids. Because they're early teens right now. Yep. By the time you know they get mid-teens, they're in that stage, that adolescent stage where they don't know... What's what? They're growing the hormones. All the things are happening, and they're really looking for solid foundations and connections that they can make with people. If you marry this guy and then break up within three years now, or get divorced from him, rather, what is that going to do for your kids? Ooh, nothing positive. That's for sure. Right, right. <gasps> Especially because they've been with him for five years now. That's, that's why I said it's kind of on you. Five years in, if you realize. 
by now, you know he's not planning on marrying you. So, better skedaddle before it gets worse. I think that's probably a good point. You want to read what the, <clears throat> excuse me, the therapist said? Oh, I'd love to. Here we go. Quote, divorce can be traumatic. It sounds like your boyfriend might need time before he is ready to tie the knot. Oh, no, it, this therapist is stupid. Don't, no. It's his, been five years, therapist. You're wrong. His comment about marrying, quote, the one is hurtful. Yeah, no, that no, one I agree with. No, no kidding. You might be correct that it's time to move on. However, before making a decision, you need to tell him all that you're feeling. People are not mind readers, and so much of a healthy relationship is communication. Rather than waiting for him to decide what he wants, decide what you want and tell him exactly what that is. Therapy is doubly important because the lives of three children are at stake. His ex-wife living across the street is something that a professional should be able to help out. Was that mentioned? And you and your boyfriend sort of... His ex-wife is... His ex-wife living across the street is... Where is that? I was going to say, I didn't remember That's hearing not that at all. here at all. When he met, and neither one of his, really, his daughter, his daughter's mom and I have had an altercation. The cause of it was a disagreement. They said nothing about where she lives. So this what? therapist is also a private eye, and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Is, if, dude, is dude, that true? It, the ex-wife lives a What a plot twist. But how do we know? I, I don't know. Because if they sent that into the newspaper, That's they have to write back on what was submitted. I wonder if that was redacted? I don't know. If it was redacted, why are you keeping it in your let's, official <laughs> Let's think about it if the ex-wife lives across the street. So that means he was married at one point in time. Had a kid, got divorced, different relationship, got out of that, got with you. Yeah. So you're chick number three, at least. At least. She lives across the street. That's got to be a drain, eh? Was this the original or... This is this is because ex-wife because he just came out of a two-year relationship, but it said it was not a marriage, right? So this would be the previous to the previous to the previous, yeah, yeah, yeah. two gals ago. Before, okay, that's weird. That's also something I might have mentioned in your article. Yeah, that changes a little, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, I feel like two just relationships. Leaves. Yeah, just I, leave. Yeah, I feel like at this point, ma'am, you're you're in you're in a wrong place. You know, you're just not in a good spot. You're in a bad sitcom. You are in a very yeah, bad sitcom. Most of the jokes are going to be at you because all the tragedies around whatever else is going on. I do agree with the therapist's point though about being very honest because here I do yes. here, I do think this is this is her side of the story, right? She says. I bring True. it up all the time. She probably brought it up once at 12 o'clock at night when he's trying to sleep. And not direct. If right. that's the case. If it was like right. a, hmm, you know, I would, someday a ring would be really nice. And that's all she's ever said in five years. Right. It's like. Or, or even, what are your <laughs> thoughts on marriage? That's not enough. Be like, hey, I want to marry you. Yes. Not that hard. It's a two-way street. Right. Plus, for the man. If you've never brought it up or anything, it's still kind of on you because if he doesn't realize that's something you actually want, right? Can you really blame him? Yeah, <laughs> he's probably thinking you need time. You came out of a twelve-year marriage with yeah, two right. kids, or, or it doesn't really matter what he thinks. If my um, significant other comes to me one day and gets real upset that I've been golfing with her, I'll be like. You've never once in our entire years together said you had any inclination of golfing. And to which she responds, um, he basically turned me down. He never wants to go golfing. Right. It's like, it's not what I said at all. It's just, you never conveyed right, this. Right. I'll freaking go golfing with you. Maybe he will marry you, but you got to actually ask. Yeah. You can't be like, he's never going to marry me if you didn't say it. Otherwise, it's a blind thing. Like, I'm not going to take my wife something it's a little different less commit like less um committed and less pressure but i'm not gonna take her 18 hole golfing if i pretty sure she's never golfed before and i 
don't think she has any ambition of doing it. That right. wouldn't be nice of me. I'm not going to like go to her and say, hey, I'm going to take you golfing all day. Because most likely that's not going to be a, yes, how did, I've been wanting to do that for so long. It's not going to be like, will you marry me? And it's like, yes, I've wanted to do that so long. I've never mentioned it once. See, this is the thing. This is the pitfall people fall into because every woman, not every woman, that was really, <laughs> I, I was about to get on my soapbox. Did you hear the tone of my voice? I did. I, dude, I was about to go off. Yep. And you were about to get just rage that in the emails. I was about to get kicked off of Spotify <laughs> as I was about to do. <sighs> Women, some, have this thought that they're just going to be strolling through the store one day and their man's going to get down on one knee. It's going to be this thing. They never they never knew about it. just came out of nowhere. It was this majestic sight. But here's the thing. No guy is going to spend 10 grand on a ring or whatever it is for a, for a maybe. Yeah. You know? And the guy like, who does... I wouldn't marry him because that is a terrible financial decision that I would not bring into a marriage. Right. Like, you, you, you think about it. If you want to get married to somebody, you need to say, hey, I want to get married to you. It's not the cool thing. It's not what you see in the movies where you just get down on one knee. It's not the, 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 the Juliet fantasy that you want, probably. But it's the truth. If you need to say, like, hey, I, I think I feel like our relationship is at a point where I, I would say yes to marrying you. I, w- I want to spend my life. To you. you need to have that conversation. And then he can take the time to go buy the ring. And, yeah. You know, I, I actually just talked to a whole bunch of my friends that just got engaged recently. And all of their girlfriends, now fiancés, knew and even helped pick well, out the course. ring. Yeah. And even, I mean, they helped pick out the ring. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if it's going to be a $10,000 purchase, you might as well let the wearer choose. I had a buddy, he did spend ten grand on his girlfriend's ring. Oof. He went in, he said he went in with her one day, and there was a sale on this particular jeweler, you know, whatever the people that make that ring. And it was like three grand off. And she was like, Ooh. oh, you should buy that one, because it's big and pretty. And he was like, yeah, whatever. And he went in the next day, and that's the one he bought. So it was thirteen grand now ten. And he sta- I don't think that... That's not something I would go off of. He stashed this thing for six months because it was wintertime. He wanted to propose when it was summertime. And he said that every week she harassed him about that. Like, did you buy the ring? And he said, no. Because he was lying, right? <laughs> oh, and she's no. like, I can't believe that was, the, I can't believe you lost that deal. Like, it was such a good deal. <laughs> I harassed him for months. And he finally oh. popped the question. She saw that it was the ring and she said, oh my God. I feel like I was such a bitch. He's like, yeah, you kind of were. <laughs> <laughs> For six months, she harassed him on this. Wow. That seems kind of high. And mighty. How does she even know if it's a good deal? It says it's $3,000 off. How do you know it's on an $8,000 ring in the first place? I'm sure they did their research. You know, okay. I, that's, I feel like that's stuff what I think like every time I step into some notorious places like that, I think Kohl's or Macy's are big on that. Everything is always at least 30% off. It's like 30% off, 40% off on literally everything. What's like, and I'm like, I was just in here two weeks ago. It, it's always been the same price. What is it percent off of? Right. It's like um, hobby stores. Yep. You know, where you go buy paints and canvases and stuff like all of those. Everything is always 30% off. I don't know why. There's just everything's cheap there. Because then people will say, oh, I'm getting a good deal. It's like, no, you aren't. It's. I look it up online. It's the exact same price as it always is. It's like Amazon's Prime Day, though. People buying stuff they they don't need because it's quote-unquote on sale. Yeah. Yes. Well, even that, at least you know with Amazon, you can tell that it is actually like $10 off. Right. Most of these stores, it's not on sale at all. It's just, they just tell you it is. It's a, this, this is, we're going to sell this for $10. Okay. Uh, ten dollars, thirty percent off. Was thirteen? It's like it. It was never thirteen. They're just saying it was thirty percent off. My favorite one is the uh, retail price. Our price. Oh yeah. The other yeah. ones like retails for thirty five bucks, but ours is you know twenty. Twenty. Yeah. I was like, dude, what? No, who retails it for thirty seven? Who does that? Sit there, it's like you're Walmart. You are the retail yeah, price. Yeah. What are you talking? You are about? the biggest retailer. Music stores do this all the time. Oh, yeah. If you walk into music stores, like. You look at a pair of, you know, cymbal sticks. I'm uh, thinking really of soft mallets, particularly. Yeah. You know, they say right on the packaging, our price thirteen ninety nine, <laughs> retail twenty six fifty three. It's like yeah. what the? Or, nowhere in this world do these soft mallets exactly sell for twenty seven yeah. bucks. It's like a yeah, we got the two thousand fourteen B one Strat for you. It has all the bells and whistles. It's 
machine made, never been tested, made with the finest pine. Yeah, like what? It's like retails for two grand. It's like no, it Our price fifty three dollars. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> it's like at that point you got to think of if you're getting that that good of a deal that you can still make a profit selling me this for fifty three dollars when it retails at two grand. You stole this. You stole this. <laughs> There is no other explanation. If it real, if you're really taking a two thousand dollar or like a thousand dollar cut on most music items from retail to sell it, and you're still making a profit, right. you stole you that. Stole, you, stole, you stole that Steinway piano. Exactly. There is absolutely no way they if got, you're being honest. They got the lads and you know those black stocking caps or whatever. They're out there nicking yep. pianos from people. Yeah. Also, for especially large purchases like pianos and whatnot, they'll still negotiate price with you. So it's like okay, so retail's there. You're making a profit still $1,000 off, and you're still willing to go down for me? Right, right. Something tells me something's not out It's like used car salesmen. They say all the yep. time, you know, and they, I love this argument. Well, we jack the price up three grand and then take three grand off of it, and it's a win-win because you feel good. You feel like you got a good deal, and we made a good sale. And I was like, how does that <laughs> What? It's because people think that way. That's And crazy. I hate that. I'll, I'll be sitting crazy. there, and I'll be like, you didn't. You just bought it for sale value. You didn't you didn't save anything. Just because you feel good about it doesn't mean it was a good deal. Yeah, something uh my mother is actually notorious for this. <laughs> um some one of her I would say pitfalls, if it is on sale, she will buy it and say she saved money. It'll be something she will never use. She had no intention of buying. I I've never seen like uh some obscure item like this is a butter melter that <laughs> I got. It was it was forty percent off. It was basically free. It's like okay, well, how much did you pay for it? It was only forty dollars. It was like ninety. It's like you spent forty dollars on something you'll never use. No, I I saved thirty dollars. We we got and she says it like saved thirty dollars is like we or our family or whatnot. We obtained thirty extra dollars. <laughs> like we went out, we bought this, and all of a sudden we net thirty dollars positive. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not true at all. You spent forty dollars for something we will never use. It's you the, took forty dollars and burned it. it How is, is that good for? It is the Amazon Prime Day effect, though. Yeah. It's like, gosh, it's thirty dollars off. I got to buy it. Like, yeah. What was, <laughs> I got to buy it. It's like, were you going to buy this in the first place? Well, no. Then how are you saving money? You just spent yes, money. Right, right. I think a very similar way to um, rebates, store rebates. Yep. You know, if you go to like the lumber yard, they give you like an 11% rebate or whatever. What that is, is them jacking prices up 11%. And if you fill out all the paperwork, they'll Your give you... Your next purchase they'll, usually gets Yeah, 11%. and they'll give you back the money they stole from you. Yep. But you have to go through all the loopholes and do all the work. It's just baffling, really. Yeah, it's wonderful business practices. I think the only time I partake is if I'm at the grocery store and the milk I always get is now a dollar off because they're running a sale. I'll be like, I just saved a dollar because I was going to get this milk anyhow. Grocery stores are the best place for deals, steals and deals, because yeah. you can get some really just the same stuff you buy normally for cheaper. And also there's no sales tax on exactly. it. Exactly. If the well, people, not in Wisconsin. Right. You got to realize most states there are. Oh yeah, I mean us. Okay. okay and you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. people are listening in Ireland and the folks over, you know, Spain, in California, and, or even just South Illinois has a tax. Listen, I'm going far away. The folks over in China, <laughs> you might be paying a sales tax on your food. I'm not, however, and therefore I'm happy about it. Because when the bill comes to twenty dollars, even, and I press the pay now button, it's you know what $20. happens? It's just twenty dollars. It's not five and a half percent tacked on. It is very nice. Oh. What do you think is the appropriate amount for a guy to spend on an engagement ring? Do you want my honest answer? I want your honest or answer. what I feel is right? I, okay, I want both of them now. Okay. Um, honestly, as cheap as possible, that will make her happy. Financially, and especially if you guys are going to have the same finances and marriage, everything is shared... I don't see the point of an engagement ring that you will be wearing pretty much only from time of engagement until marriage date. Which is usually like a year, year and yeah. a half later. That is the only time you will be wearing this the rest of your life. It would be naive to spend too much 
of the finances you are going to have to pair together for a down payment on house, keeping up with vehicles, any sort of debt either one of you have, if she'll be happy either way. It's like spending an excess amount of money on, say, a car for the color of the car. Right. Spending four grand more to have a blue car over the brown car, I don't... There's no practicality in that, and I think it is a poor decision. Same thing with engagement rings. If she is happy and she appreciates the $1,500 ring, don't get a $10,000 ring. Get the $1,500 one because what's the difference? Well, one, you're saving (laughs) $8,500. And that $8,500 can go into things that you'll use every day in your life for the rest of your life. Right. That can be used on a coffee maker, a stoves, ovens. A butter melter. A butter melter, a refrigerator, a down payment on a house. Things that you will use, like a house you live in, you'll use it every single day without question for the rest of your life. Right, right. Whereas the ring, you're going to put it away for safekeeping or whatever, never touch it again. Yeah. Until... One of your family members is like, oh, I'm planning on getting married. It's like, oh, I have the perfect ring for you. It's grandma's old ring. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's broken and dusty. <laughs> no, it's not, grandma. Exactly. But well, feeling-wise, um, I would go cheaper. I think a ring symbolizes the commitment. I don't put any value in the cost of the ring. I know pretty rings are nice. But if I go to Walmart, truth be told, and I get one of their, like, sterling steel with the, whatever the gems that look like, I think it, I forget, it's not quartz, but it's something that looks like diamond, that if we're being honest, no one on earth can tell the difference, unless you're trained for that and you get out your little scope and whatnot. Unless you're showing it off to it, people. Exactly. You know, if you're just walking down the street with the gals, he's never going to... No one's going to know the difference. You might as well spend $80 and then spend, save the rest. Yeah. That's how I feel. I know that culturally that ain't going to fly and people aren't going to like that. But I don't see the reason for spending a lot of money for, say, like an incredibly high quality ring. That doesn't actually make a difference. Right. Right. I want to come back to this topic more. But first, I want to pay for the engagement rings you and I are going to buy one day with this ad read. That was a pretty good one. I appreciate right? that, that one. Was, that, it, that one was pretty saucy. One of the slicker ones I've had in the past 37 episodes. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that the people that go out and drop a whole stack, you know, 10 grand on a ring, I don't think it's very practical. I mean, I get it. It's cool. It's a big, shiny ring, and, you know, that's your gal. Yeah. And I get that. I But here's the thing. Now you need to throw a wedding, which is expensive, and you're going to put on a wedding band. A lot of gals will take the engagement ring and the wedding band and they get fused together and then it's one ring that they wear yeah. forever. But people are really going away from that nowadays, you know, and it, particularly like the whole solitary stone on top engagement ring that we're used to is also kind of going out the window. Yep. You know, people aren't really doing, they're not following convention, quote, quote unquote, anymore. So I agree that, you know, if I can get away with spending something even under a thousand dollars that symbolizes to everyone else the love that I have for you, yeah. then why would I spend more? Yeah. You know, and, and I I say this as a guy who understands very well the differences between rings. Like yeah. some of them the carrot weight is more and the diamond is bigger and the metals are better and they all particularly jewelers one thing if there's one that's more expensive than the other by a lot, a large part of it is the warranty. If it's a yeah. we'll fix anything for the lifetime for your lifetime Okay, maybe it's worth spending the extra fifteen hundred bucks because I know that when you lose that or and break it, when <laughs> not if when, it can get replaced to no cost to me, right? Yeah. So it's basically a fifteen hundred dollars service charge up front. I understand all that, and I think that's important. Yep. Here's my next question to you, though: Do you think that the gal should pick out her engagement ring, or do you think the guy should surprise her with something, and that's what she gets? It depends on the dynamic of the relationship. If your significant other, if the gal is not going to appreciate that, it's probably a bad idea to surprise her. If she enjoys surprises and you know 
she'll like it anyway. Or if she doesn't have any taste in rings in the first place, it doesn't really matter at that point. Might as well surprise her as a little um, surprise show of affection. See, I'm on the other side of the, I'm on one side of this fence here. Just because one? I, I do think that there should be a little surprise to it. You know, like it's one thing if she comes with you shopping. You know, you do a little date, date day looking at rings, whatever, who cares? But if she's there and she's like, that's the one, and you tell the guy, this is the one, and then you buy <laughs> it, and then you just slip it in your back pocket, and now she knows it's coming one day, I don't really like that so much. Or, you know, if it's, if it's yeah. tagged on her Etsy and she sees you buy it, like... I, w- I would prefer excitement or surprise. I do know there are a handful of lovely young women I've known that if they say, I want this ring, and you surprise them with a similar ring, but not that ring, they will be upset. Yeah, I don't like... Then don't marry that person. You already bought the ring. You're kind yeah. of screwed oh, at that point. point. Good point, good point. All right. You probably already put the $180 down. <laughs> To set up for the wedding, too. And we all know that's not going to be able to be returned. Yeah. I don't I don't like that, you know? I, I think there should be a surprise because what it is, is obviously you've talked about it and all these things, mm-hmm. but it's it's that moment happening. It's like, like the thing is finally happening. It shouldn't be this prescribed thing. Yeah. I don't like that. That seems strange to me. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not sure the extent of my surprises because I have dry surprise humor anyhow so my surprise would probably be just on a standard walk or like driving just driving to like the grocery store oh by the way will you marry me dude that'd be (laughs) just that kind of surprise just go somewhere you know one of those stories you tell your kids 20 years from now like yeah your dad asked me to date or asked me for marriage in a motel parking lot yeah, just out of the blue. Just randomly. We just pulled over. We weren't even staying at the motel. Yeah, just driving through, pulled over at the motel parking lot. Hey, will you marry me? It's a story, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, But see, that's why I'm not sure how I would fare on surprises because I'm not good at planning a surprise. It would be more of a um, very surprising but not very grandiose. Right, right. I don't, I don't know if I could split the difference. Or it would be so over the top, it's not a surprise. That could be. Oh, this was a beautiful $2,000 one-night hotel stay with a $1,000 dinner and and a private string quartet. It's like, oh, wonder what's going on. (laughs) And you bought the ring with me, so you know I have it. Yeah, right? I don't like, yeah. Yeah, I I don't dig it. I think it should be... I think it should be a little surprise, it man. It does leave it up for the best comedic timing ever. You know she's going to marry you and everything, but she says no just for oh, fun. Oh, dude. But we, now listen, <laughs> no. we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, though, but if she knows, if she's there when you buy it and she's expecting it, and you don't pop the question in the parking lot every single day of your life, what are you yep. going to get? Are you marrying me? Are you, mar- you go out for dinner. Swear, you want to go out to dinner? I know. Are you going to marry me? Every time she sits down at dinner, she's going to be thinking, oh my gosh, I just got to make sure my hair looks right and my makeup is done perfect so we can get some pictures of it. And when dinner ends and she's inevitably disappointed because really all you wanted was the lobster, she'll go, I cannot believe you brought me here to not marry me. And you'll play that game for months And you'll stare at her and be like, what do you mean? We come here all the time. You know I love lobster. Why else would I come here? Swear, it's called the Red Lobster. What else am I here for? (laughs) I feel like I'm leaving myself out there. I'm a pretty honest man. I thought you were going to marry me. Why, why would I do that? I said, I'm hungry for lobster. I love the lobster here. We came to a restaurant that serves lobster. We didn't go to a wedding place that sells weddings. Like, yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> we, didn't sa- we didn't sail to Engagement Isle where everybody proposes the, ca- the question. This is the Red Lobster. <laughs> Dude. I don't know if this is maybe me, but I also think getting engaged in like a, even a, a more upper scale restaurant, it's just kind of lame. Yeah. Because everyone else, like there's, there's other patrons at the restaurant trying to eat. And I now feel like I'm people on, expect it too. Yeah. I'm on one knee. Now you're sitting in the chair. You're put, you've got the towel on you. You've got butter dripping down to you. <laughs> you know, whatever the thing is, right? You're chewing 
And I'm like, oh, you're the greatest gal I ever met. Now with that shit in your teeth, you want to marry me? Like, I don't. Yeah. Or the people who put it like in the champagne glass. Those people are idiots. It's like those people are full blown. You idiots. Finally, you have to fish it out, and then it's like, oh, this is soaked in champagne and all sticky. I'm not gonna put this on at all. That is, <laughs> that is, uh, the uh, there's there's a term for it that I can't use here, so I'll I'll redact the term <laughs> and call it the adult film effect. People that. They they consume information whether it's from the TV or you know whatever and they this this is the version they have built up in their head yep. and then the thing happens and that's not reality at all yeah the no. disconnect right that is what happens when you ask someone to when you dump the thing in the freaking champagne glass oh, and yeah. hope they don't drink it especially ordering champagne no one I don't think anybody has ever ordered champagne at a restaurant like without direct purpose of trying to marry someone because champagne's not a not a drink you drink over dinner. Typically not. You're right. Yeah, there's almost no meal that would ever be like, what would pair nicely with this? A nice champagne. Mm, No, it's like, depending where you are, it's a red wine if it's a heavy like steak place or a heavy meat. Or it's a nice white wine if you're at a seafood or a pasta place. You're not getting champagne. Like, You know what would go great with this uh, pasta al burro? Some nice champagne. It's like... (laughs) What? Do you know what I could really go no, with not. my eight ounce tenderloin? That's, that's butter cooking. and cheese. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my tenderloin is gonna taste great with this champagne. Yeah, exactly. Like no, I, that might be a product of where we live, though, because we are Midwesterners, so we do things correctly. It's a beer. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just a beer. Oh yes, I'd like your best uh, heart of the flame mignon. Um, some lobster tail, yes, of course. Um, some fresh scallops. Um. Lightly cost, lightly tossed in the best quality butter, straight from the cow's teat, right on the plate. And also a beer, please. And like a bush light. And a good. bush light. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, a Coors Light. If I think of the most like stereotypical trashy drink someone would actually order at a fancy restaurant, it's Coors Light. A natty ice. <laughs> a natty ice. <laughs> uh, what's... Is, is it Red Dog? Is that the big the one that only comes in 48? It might or be. Or 72s? It's like Red Dog. It's yeah, like yeah. 75 cents for 48 ounces of beer. And it's like, is it, ooh, yum. It, <laughs> yes, I got my steak. I got my wonderfully fried asparagus. And I have my Red Dog. <laughs> 48 <laughs> ounces of pure chemical. Oh, man. Isn't Natty Ice literally like rejected Coors Light that they recanned? Yeah, probably. I think it literally is that. Although I feel like non-rejected Coors Light isn't any better. Yeah, that should be rejected Coors Light. Truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be a mid. Now, here's a point though. If you're the guy that can somehow sneak the ring inside the closed Bud Light, and when she cracks it <laughs> open, <laughs> and somehow you get that to work, listen, I I'll forgive you for drinking the Bud Light. I really will. If you could find a way to make that happen. That is, that is pretty nice. I'll forgive you. I really genuinely will. I don't see a lot of Bud Light drinkers here, though. Almost everything... Here? Yeah. Depends on where you go. I suppose. Music festivals. Yes, if it's outdoors and it's convenience, but most of our 80% bars here in the Midwest, That's especially true. Wisconsin, it's all drafter on tap. It's like good quality beer. Nobody goes to the bar and like, can I have a Miller Light? It's like, can I, have, can I get an Amberbach or can right. I get a... Michelangelo, or something. right, right. This was a thing I was going to bring up earlier, but I completely spaced on because we were too busy reading about this gal's misfortunes. <laughs> um, when it comes to drinking, you and I have said several times we're not really big alcohol guys, True. but the show is named after Jack Daniels, so there's yeah. something to be said for that. Also, Jack Daniels, I we named a whole podcast after you, and you still have yet to reach out for a sponsorship. I feel like one of us is lacking, and clearly we we made the name. It's up to you to reach out and kind give us free is. money for it. We should reach out to them one time. Like, hey, we That's got a good this. idea. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah. So I want to know when was the first time you had a drink of alcohol? And I don't I don't mean when you were six and your dad gave it to you because I was, was going to say probably pretty young. Right, most kids are, especially um, in the Midwest. Their dads are trying to be funny. Yeah, but was it before? I don't think 20? it was humor. I think it. Before 20? Oh, well, for before sure. Before 21. Like, oh, for you, sure. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, although my parents... Uh, my dad's actually less bad about this. My mom is like a crazy 
uh, Midwest mom in some aspects where, for whatever reason, she thinks if something might be good for me in some aspect, it's quite all right. So by the time I was like 15, because I had some medical issues with my head, she's like, ah, you should, you should go out drinking or do you want to get some alcohol or another really big one Warfer? Have you tried, uh, some weed? Do you need me to go get you some weed? I'm like, <laughs> mom, I'm 15 or like, mom, I'm 16. What are you, what are you talking about? We live in Wisconsin. That's illegal. <laughs> and she's like, that could help your head. You want to go get a high? I'm like, no, 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 I know. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, and she's like, you can't knock it until you try it. I'm like, actually, I can't. It's you illegal. Can. Yes, I think you can, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So, due to my mom, I've definitely drank before 21. Um, I think, at this point, the youngest, my youngest siblings are in middle school. So, obviously, still with That's my parents That's a big age gap. Day. I forget how big the age gap is. Yeah, a lot of kids. Like, a lot yeah, of layers yeah, of yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they've had alcohol because my parents are like, I don't care. I think they have the Midwest mentality that if every time they look at a bottle, it's like, no, you can't have it. That's going to end your life. It's going to lead you down the rabbit hole of destruction. Then what's going to happen? They're going to be so petrified of it until they can try it that they're just going to go overboard. They have yeah. that thought process. Like 21 hits, they're like, oh, nothing happened. Oh, this was fine. And then they take 20 more and... That's that for the rest of life. Do you find that you drink less now that you are well past the age of 21 than you did previous to the age 21? Uh, me personally, no. I've always drank a consistent amount, which is hardly ever. Unless it's for a specific occasion and then it's more... I only drink pretty much exclusively good um, good liquor just for the taste, the experience. Yeah. Similar to why someone would have a cigar. It's like you have a cigar and some bourbon, right? and it's a good three-hour experience where you can sit down with good friends, have good conversation and whatnot, and enjoy some finer things. I've noticed that I, I meet a lot of kids that are younger than 21, obviously my line of work, right? Yep. And a lot of them are fiending for alcohol because yep. it's the cool thing. You know, you can't do it, so it's a little taboo. It's and always like, things that kids think are cool too, right? but just aren't. It's like, oh, I could just down... A fifth of Smirnoff, and then go and get, just chug a keg of freaking Miller Lite. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> what are you even saying? Adults are sitting there like, you do realize Smirnoff is literally only made for kids under 21, right? <laughs> like, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your parents are up there be like, oh, we could really use some Smirnoff in the cabinet. I just mean a lot of kids, they're like, you know... They want to try the Bud Light seltzer that's nearby because it's cool. Like if yeah. I have a Bud Light, you know, if, I, if everyone's drinking seltzers and I have one, I'm cool. Feel that way with White Claw. Right. White Claw White has Claw's to be young one. kids just for the just to be cool. It's like a clout thing. Because I have met maybe two adults in our adult life in history that would eat a White Claw or drink a White Claw unironically. Yeah. Like, they would go into a bar and order a White Claw. That just doesn't happen. That's true. It is a young person's <laughs> drink. Yeah. But really where I'm going with this is I find that a lot of people get that, like, ooh, that's alcohol because it's cool and I want to be drinking when I can. But then when you turn 21 and you can, like, for me, for example, it's when, I like, turned, yeah. when I turned 21, I was like, I, I didn't, my life didn't change at yeah, all. Exactly. Everyone's like, yo, we're going out bar hopping tonight? No, we're not. I'm going to go to the same place I get the steak dinner I get every single year, enjoy it, and then I'm going to go home. Well, due to my experience with bands, which in the Midwest play at bars almost every weekend, I was in bars consistently at a young age. Oh, I've been in bars since I was 12. Yeah, so I feel like that also helps us because we don't have a drive to like, let's go see what a bar's about. It's like we know exactly what a bar's about because we've been there since early adolescence. Yeah, I've been bar hopping since my teens. Yeah, exactly. Playing every night. And I I have never thought about this, but now that you bring it up, I bet it brings into perspective for us those dudes that are way too trashed. Because how many dudes have you met after shows that are way too trashed? Yeah, it's the people who always bring you shots or want to talk like they're your best friends when you don't know them. Right. Oh, man, can I play a song? No. No, you like, can't. N- why would I... 
you're clearly pissing yourself right now. I'm not giving you my guitar and freaking 10 grand worth of equipment for you right. to throw up on. Right. I once was inter- <laughs> dude, I was once I was playing a gig, right? At this club, nightclub, bar, whatever it is, music venue, and um we get on stage and this guy, this very clearly drunk man, <laughs> runs up on stage, grabs the lead singer's mic and introduces the band. And I was like, this is an unplanned thing. Like I didn't like I had just gotten on stage. I got, yep. got my guitar and I was ready to rock, right? And this dude starts announcing. I was like, okay, cool. There's an announcer. And I look over and lead singer's like, what the what is happening? So like, we're all playing one and I lean over to his ear, like, was that planned? He said, No, I have no idea who that guy was. Some random dude ran up on stage, shouted the band's name, like, please welcome so and so. And then we took off, you know, started playing music because the rest of us were like, all right, here we go. And this dude left and he just went back to drinking in the crowd. No huh. idea who this guy was. To this day, I have no <laughs> idea who that guy was. That's pretty great. Some I ran- respect that. The best part is he was he was both too drunk to really stand already and shorter than our lead singer. So he had to like take the mic and bring it down to him. So he was like shouting up at the microphone and I can see the sound guy way in the corner going, should I mute him? Should I not mute him? What is happening right now? It was just, it was just crazy. So I think that our experience with drunkards probably shaped our own drinking habits. Or it doesn't make it appealing either. Cause if we've been on, we've been in the bar scene, we see what it really is. There's no reason to strive for that. Yeah, for those that are underage listening to this, bars are not as cool as you think they are. No. They're very much a, a bad place. Very smelly, terrible place to be. Depends. Most of the time. Yeah, it also depends on the bar and it depends why you're there. If you're out for drinking for the night and wanting to shoot pool or play darts with your friends, bars are great. Fair enough. If, however, your idea is to be cool and go get shit-faced at a bar, firstly, almost no one at the bar is going to respect you. Like, people don't go to bars to get shit-faced for the most part, except one or two regulars that are always there getting shit-faced. Right. But most of the patrons are going to be like, oh, it's another kid. I'm just trying to have a nice time, maybe throw some darts, catch up with my friends, and there's this guy chugging vodka to get shit-faced in the table next to me going off on a rampage. Like, that's not enjoyable for anyone. Don't be that guy. Right, and people also think that the other side of that, like, the bar scene is clubbing, where there's lots of people, loud music, and now we're, like, we're clubbing (laughs) it up. People love clubbing when they're young. Yep. When they're 18, 19, it's the coolest thing. But I assure you, when you hit mid-20s, Clubbing just isn't as fun anymore. It's not, I don't, personally, my own self, I don't understand it. I would never do it. I don't get it. Why would I want to go spend more than I want on a drink to be vomited on by some gal that's been drinking since four and who's probably high on shrooms to dance to some music that I don't particularly enjoy and do that till two o'clock in the morning for more money than I want to spend? Yeah, it depends on the club. I love classic clubs where... They're playing um, music for the purpose of dance. And the idea is to go have a night out and dance. I think clubs, I forget what it's called. Um, It's in the movie Blast from the Past. Mm. Pretty much nobody's seen. But those type of clubs where there is a bar and whatnot. But it's not like the flashing strobe lights in a mosh pit or whatnot. It is you go there to have... A more of almost a classy night out and go dance. Right. That I absolutely love. Like the cl- traditional clubs. Yeah, and that's way I, different. Than... Yeah, I do not like strobe, uh, mosh pits. Um, what's the, what's like a Skrillex music called? Dubstep clubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, EDM. EDM, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't, I don't see an appeal there. Because like you said, it's just a bunch of really drunk people for a lot of money running into each other. Yeah. That's, that's not enjoyable. And I get, and I, I also have heard the argument from people that are going there to find hookups, you know, like, Oh, cause there's a bunch of great for one night stands. Terrible for long-term relationships. Well, and think even about the one night stands. If you're shit faced and she's shit faced, 
Do you really think that's a good idea? Now, this is no, no, but it's way better if she's shit faced and you're not. That is a worse idea because that's rape. Right. That's where this is where I'm going. Oh, okay. Because the gentleman's chat, you know, we were always talking about this foundation of morality. Yeah. I think at some point, and this is us clearly projecting our own thoughts on the situation, but if you're going to a club and you're going to do a one night stand with a guy, you walk in with the intention, I'm going to find a chick and I'm just going to do her as good as I can, and she's there drinking and you're there drinking and you decide we're going to drive back to my place or her place and do the thing right firstly that's drinking and driving right first strike first strike (laughs) second strike you've both been drinking and you're right worst case scenario she's been drinking lots and you've been drinking little because now that is a federal crime that's a felony that's a felony yeah that is a flat out felony also when you wake up the next morning, minimum 15 years when you wake up the next morning and you wipe away the vomit that's inevitably going to be there or you wake up and you think to myself oh dear god what did i do last night you look to your left and there's that gal you thought was pretty what isn't as pretty now that you wake up you have to live the rest of your life you need to go back to your wife later that day after quote-unquote work and you need to let her know that you just did that Yep. Could you picture waking up and having that on your conscience the rest That'd of your be, life? That's way worse than a mistress. That is the like, worst part. Finally, have to come out, honey. I've I've been cheating on you. What? With who? Oh, with the twenty-four-year-old smoking hot model miss model intern that I've had as my mistress. That one, at least people understand. That's just a lusty thing. I can understand that. But if you have to explain to your wife, yeah, with a shit-faced. Um, homely woman that i and she sees a picture and it's like the your picture your personal like worst worst attractive opposite yep. sex ever and it's just that with like vomit pooling <laughs> down and whatnot and it's like with this like at that point you better do yourself a favor and you just need to leave it's like uh you show her she's just Sitting there like this, you look, it's like, you're right, I need to go. <laughs> but, but, but you have to bring that into your next relationship. Yep. Yeah, listen, I, I for lack of a better phrase, pump and dump this one gal. <laughs> you know, like... Or worse case scenario, you were also drunk and it turned out to be a guy. Yeah. Uh, worse yet, I have one that can top it. Now she's pregnant. That is worse That's than waking worst. up with a guy. That is, that the, is worst. the worst. It doesn't get worse than that, boys and hey, girls. Hey, honey, I got this um, person I don't know and never before pregnant. Yeah, this 18-year-old I met at the bar last night that said she was 21. Um, thoughts but on Even being... worse, the 17-year-old that I met at this club yeah. said she was 21. Yeah, yeah, Now the feds are involved. And where do you go? Prison. That's For where you life. For life. Because that's statutory. That would be... Um, standard rate per the drunk clause and it would be giving alcohol to a minor soliciting alcohol to a minor and it'd be anything else the da wanted to because you have screwed up so badly yeah and i actually don't mind if they overcharge you they can put whatever charge they want on top of it i feel i feel the wife in this scenario gets to throw in some charges at will sure like they get a dartboard of charges and she gets three free throws too Sure, absolutely if you hit the double bullseye if you hit that Spot on. Um, I feel like you can get death penalty. <laughs> okay, that might be extreme. How about how about uh, twigs and twigs in a basket? Um, just you get those. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- those get lopped off with a bullseye. He oh, gets sent to prison. Jeepers. You get a bronze cast of them. Oh no! <laughs> I think the real moral of the story and is... in his prison cell, it's just going to be wallpaper or <laughs> no, no, painted. So that way you can't get rid of it. Um, like ceiling paint, nice and thick, uh, paint of the woman he cheated with. Uh, like, could you picture if if women could spend an extra ten grand and have the cells painted? Oh, what a business model! <laughs> We've cracked the code. Uh, prison systems would make a killing, dude. They would crush. You don't know how many spiteful people. Not just women. <laughs> I'm talking men too. Oh, There'd yeah. be some spiteful human beings out yeah, there. Yeah, and you get to pick what is depicted or how it's depicted. Oh my. They have oh to wake my. up, and all all uh, four walls are painted in this. Could you picture? And if they're oh. in a cell with someone else, they need to come. You know, you get a wall, I get a wall, sort of deal. Yeah. So when you walk into the cell, you know exactly what that guy did. <laughs> I wonder why this guy's. Oh, we know why that yeah, guy's. In. Okay, I can see why. It's just the most graphic <laughs> stuff you could come up with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
I would do that to random strangers just for funsies. <laughs> Or then you have to swap cells, and then you get known as someone who's just, that's your crime, and that oh, has nothing to wow. do with you. That would be bad. <laughs> you walk in a mild tax evasion, but the person in the previous to you was, you know, was a, I don't know, I think of the worst thing you could think of. I've blanked on it. Rape Hannibal somebody. Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Whatever. Doesn't really make a difference, but that person, is that's your cell now. You get to be, you know, that dude. That, that'd be rough. That would be so tough. Oh. I think the moral of the story really is, in went a whole tale of drinking, it's probably not as cool as you think it is. And doing it for the purpose of getting absolutely hammered is, is never worth it. Yeah. You know, like, if that's not why alcohol exists. Right, exactly. If it, you, A lot of people do social drinking. That's one thing. Also, uh, if you're going to go to a rager, make smart decisions. Yeah. All right, I think with that, I mean, that's that's a show, right? Can't do any better than that. I think it is. Yeah. Boys and girls. Maybe the next time we'll actually record it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Boys and girls, thank you so much for listening to episode 37 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy. Have a great night.